back to Sister Radio. I'm so glad you're joining us here today for episode 8, the new moon episode. If you're new here, a big, big, big welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. We share a new episode every full moon and every new moon. Sister Radio is a podcast by Sister Library, a community-owned, community-run feminist library based in Bombay. And just like the library, Sister Radio is a space for celebrating female excellence and uplifting voices of women makers, doers and change makers. Every episode, I'm joined by a sister and we shared the space to talk about so many things including art, resistance, academia, health, well-being, loving, caring and of course reading books written by female authors. For this episode, I'm so glad to be joined by my sister Alice Bucker. She is the founder of Life as Ceremony an independent biannual print journal that centers otherwise marginalized, erased or forgotten voices with a vision to cultivate a space where we can come together for a shared purpose to explore themes that reflect our collective experience, to dive deep into a container of co-creation and to encourage collaboration. She is a daughter of immigrant parents with deep roots in Jalisco. Mexico. Not long ago, she had a vision of creating a tangible container that would hold stories. So without any training or experience in magazine, book design or publishing, she decided to find a way to bring the vision to fruition. Now, there are seven volumes of Life as Ceremony with an additional Spanish volume too. I'm so excited to have her here with us. Let's start. Alice, welcome to Sister Radio. It's so great to have the space to talk to you. I've always looked at your work in so much awe and with so much love and respect. It feels so great that I can finally talk to you and share this space. Big welcome and a big hug. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. Um, you know, I, I actually can't even remember how we connected. I don't, I don't know if you reached out to me or how that happened, but I'm really glad that it happened because, you know, I've also been following your work and I, I'm really inspired by it and I just really support everything that you're doing as well. Thank you so much Alice. It means so much to me it coming from you. I really appreciate it and I'm grateful to the internet for bringing us together and I was so happy to be able to participate in the seventh volume of Life is Ceremony. It was great to be able to contribute and to be collaborating with you. Although the internet is a difficult place sometimes, I'm happy that it brought us together. Otherwise, I would never be able to be friends with someone so far away in Portland. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, same. I, you know, I just thinking about the fact that, you know, like some of the work that we've done or that I've done with Life Ceremony is all the way in India to me is just like, I can't even imagine. Like, I never would have imagined that I would have, you know, made it that far. But here we are. That's the magic of the internet, even though, you know, it also has its challenges. You know, it has it has some good, some good aspects. Yeah, and I love the zines. Everyone that comes to the library, like the ones who are interested in zines, they look at it and then they always appreciate all the work it's so amazing that you are just one person doing this don't know how you do it i don't either sometimes but um i mean i do have you know a lot of help and like i always say like you know if it wasn't for all the people who you know reach out to contribute um like it just wouldn't even be possible but you know like you said just doing all the other aspects of it by myself like just myself it's really hard but you know I I feel like it's it's worth it so that's why I'm still here and I still feel really passionate about it before we go any further let me ask you how you're doing and what's happening in Portland right now I'm okay um this last week has been pretty terrible here in Portland just with all the fires and the smoke and waking up every morning and it's like orange outside and and smoky and you can smell the smoke in the house it's just there's a lot of anxiety Uh yeah I can imagine yeah and it's happening in midst of a pandemic too so yeah that too and then also my kids started school this week so Mm -hmm. it's just it's just a lot yeah like just being a mom must be like so difficult (laughs) i can't even imagine oh yeah yeah it's it's definitely not for you know the faint of heart there's a you know i have two boys and they're um one of them is almost 13 and the other one is almost 18 so those those teenage years you know are are really difficult it's always hard but you know the kind of challenges change a little bit when they get into their you know that age and you know they're trying to figure out themselves and the way that things are happening in the world and they're trying to figure that out also or make sense of it you know it must be really really hard to be a teenager right now i can't even yeah with everything going on right now and not just the pandemic but also like the social expectations from teenagers that has been set by social media and this constant demand to be visible it must be so difficult and also like the images in portland they look so scary um i don't know how you're dealing with it and how you're doing everything that you're doing i'm so grateful alice to you for making time to talk to us today you must have a hundred other things to do right now and I really appreciate uh, you joining us. Let me take you back to talking about Life as Ceremony. Can you tell us a little bit about Okay. Life as Ceremony started, I want to say, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago? I want to say almost four. And it kind of, like, it really was just like this idea that just felt like calling to me really is like what it felt like you know and and when I finally had the courage to speak it out loud into the world you know I shared it with one friend you know I said oh I have this idea of creating a space for at the time you know I was saying women you know to come together to share all their gifts because I you know I was at that time in my life I was starting to get or become more surrounded by a lot of women that were doing like really really amazing things and had all these um, wisdoms that they each had um, to share and I just thought I've never Never had this and um, I'm sure there are other people who maybe don't have this around them and you know, how can we bring that to other people and 
So the idea of a journal or a publication of some sort that would gather all of this together and then can be shared with different people. I always imagine, envision that people have life ceremony and share it with their friends or their neighbors or, you know, their sisters, that kind of passing it around just to bring like a community to people who might not have it. And so that that was the idea. And, you know, people were really receptive to it. Friends were like, I'll help however I can. I'll contribute. And that's just kind of how it all started. And like once I knew that it was something that people were interested in, like it was okay, it's time for me to learn how to do this because <laughs> um, I don't have any kind of background in any kind of publication, graphic design, like nothing. It was just a blank slate that I had to kind of learn on my own as I went along. And so that's what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, you've done so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're so <laughs> precious too, really and it's not just the the physical zines but you just being present in the web sphere and like touching so many lives and so many people like just looking at all the posts that you work on it's so much work and really feels like you've put so much thought behind it and there is that intention that you put out and yeah it reflects that and brings so much joy and healing every time I find a post that you've made on Instagram and yeah when I'm scrolling it gives me so much joy it makes me smile it makes me think I think like it has done a lot of good to a lot of people especially during this time when we are consuming so much online co content mm -hmm. yeah yeah, thank you so much. I mean, that's like, I couldn't really ask for anything more than to hear that that kind of feedback. And when I hear that, that really keeps me motivated to just do what I'm doing in the way that I'm doing it. Because, you know, like, especially on Instagram, there's so much of that, like, comparison that you can kind of fall into, like, well, who's doing what and like, how are they doing it? And, mm -hmm. you know, what you could be doing better, you know, and, and I always feel like I could be doing more. But at the same time, when I hear that, like, I know that, you know, just me sharing the way that I share from my just own intentions, and that's really resonating with people, then that's just what I should continue doing. Because, you know, it's, it's being heard. And really, when you have a platform like that, and the way it's grown, the community, mm -hmm. Yeah. how much it's grown you have kind of a responsibility to do do what you can with it because if not it's just numbers like it, it's just a bunch of numbers it doesn't mean anything unless you're actually trying to do something with it you know life of ceremony kind of just got a life of its own you know over the years I kind of grew into figuring out exactly what it is that I wanted it to be or kind of also what it wanted to be itself I just feel like it kind of evolved on its own it's become like you said not just the actual publication itself but like the community that's been built around it and the um, online space and a lot of those people I have built relationships with and we've just a community all over the world come together for people so it's more than just a journal at this point but it's great nothing that I ever imagined but yeah, I'm just glad yeah that I'm so glad can I just say I'm so happy to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you too. Yeah, I'm just everything that I see you doing. Like I, just, I, I'm also in awe of you. Like I said, you do so much with what you have, and you know that reminds me of kind of what I've done, and that inspires me. It still inspires me, you know, to see people doing what they can with what they have, and kind of building off of that, and like reaching out to the people around them. This is what happens. Whatever the need is, ends up getting filled by the people that that are around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, community is so important, especially like now during covid and the mm -hmm. lockdown i've seen so many people appropriating this the concept of community and mutual aid and things like that and everything has become like so super commercialized even big 
platforms and big businesses are using mm. these terminologies and mm. it's really sad because <laughs> it then dilutes the meaning of these words that are so important for us you know we live by these words it's been a difficult time looking at all of these fake activist posts that does not have any depth or meaning <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think for like certain communities, like you said, you know, this is just what we've always done. You know, we've always relied on communities. So I think we have maybe a better understanding of like when you said it's kind of fake, they're faking it. But because like, for example, mm -hmm. my parents come from Mexico, they, were, they migrated to this country, they lived with family for a while. And it was like, tons of people in a tiny apartment but that's just what they did you know they had to they had each other basically is what they had and you know they had to figure it out from there and build from there and so like there's many communities that work that way you know they just all come together when the need arises and it's just the natural way of our culture so I think we can feel it when it's not genuine mm, yeah we look after each other it is crazy what's happening in the United States right now I was just yeah it is <laughs> yeah it's just one thing after another no it's it's so scary do you want to talk a bit about um, it I feel like it's been a lot so much back to back I mean including that but mm -hmm. also just in, like in my own life in the last like I want to say like 12 months it felt like dominoes you know started kind of going off and mm -hmm. it just has not stopped so for me it's you know on a personal level and then on a collective level it's been really 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 difficult um which you know of course every, i'm sure every it feels personal yeah. to them in some way but um for me it's kind of hard to untangle all of that and, and only speak about the black lives matter for me personally it's just too tangled mm. with everything else that was going on in my own yeah life. Sounds really difficult. I'm so sorry, Alice. You're going through such a difficult time. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's why I kind of have no words for how to describe. I feel like I just would rather give that space to um, Black folks who are on the ground and who are doing that, that kind of work to, to speak on that because I just don't mm -hmm. have the words. Yeah, I hope you are taking care of yourself and you feel okay. Yeah, you're great, Alice. I just yeah. hope you know that you're great. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I mean, we're doing our best and yeah. And you know, that's why there's times when I take a lot of time off of Instagram, you see that I won't post and because I'm trying to take care of myself, you know, I try to like reflect that to other people too, that like you're, you don't belong to the people who follow you or anything like that. Like I take time off when I need to, you know, the Spanish volume came out like a year late because I just had to, way too much going on and I just had to. Yeah, what you said is so important not to be owned by people who follow on social media. Mm -hmm. It is a shame that even with the self-publishing scene, I'm seeing more and more that it has become exactly a reflection of the consumer-centric, capitalistic mm -hmm. world rather than uh, it being an alternative space for makers and doers where works and working is not centered around mm -hmm. generating wealth when you do what you do which is like not chasing deadlines and sharing and putting out work when you can yeah. is actually so refreshing I mean, for me like like i said i have you know i have kids i have um you know i live with a chronic illness you know there are times when i i'm just not feeling well 
or I have just a lot going on. You know, I, I've had anxiety since I was a little kid. So there's just a lot of factors. I mean, also everything going on in the world. And I just feel like if I don't take that time off, just give myself some space from that. It's just not good for me. So like, I don't want to feel like I have to post just to post. Like I want to post when I feel like I want to post or when I feel like it's necessary, mm-hmm. important, or I have something to say or something to share. Do it not just because I feel obligated to or, you know, feel like I should mm-hmm. do something. Yeah, like this culture with like deadlines and having to be always present and yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and also it really changes the way we make things. It's unfortunate, but it's great <laughs> to see that you're really independent in the way you make things and put it out. It's very uncommon. Let me just tell you that. Okay, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that we usually talk about in the podcast. You you said your parents migrated to the U.S. from Mexico. Do you want to talk about your childhood, about um, yeah, sure. your growing up phase? Um, yeah, so, yeah, my parents um, migrated from Mexico um, to California when they were, I want to say, like 18 um, my mom um, recently reshared the story with me and I didn't know all the details but um, she was telling me how you know she tried to cross over the border um, they tried to cross through the desert um, a couple times and it didn't work out they had to go back or they got sent back eventually she was able to cross the border with um, while she was pregnant with me I think she must have been around six or seven months pregnant but she hit her stomach in like a coat <laughs> and so um and she was able to cross over so i was in her belly when she crossed over um yeah (laughs) and um i was born in la i was born in east la um and you know my parents came Mm -hmm. here with very little um they lived with family in tiny apartments um and then my dad had different jobs he was a dishwasher he was a dishwasher at the los angeles times actually um the newspaper um and then from there he kind of moved his way up you know went to school at night and learned English yeah you know from there I think he just moved up enough that you know we were able to live a comfortable Mm -hmm. life I wouldn't say you know we had a lot of money there were six of us kids but we did we did fine Mm -hmm. you know and yeah that's all I have from that great such a great story like of course you were a rebel even before (laughs) you were born (laughs) yeah I love that story yeah I mean I like I said I heard it some something about that but I wasn't quite sure and now you know the last time I saw my mom when she came to visit um because they live in Mexico again now they actually moved back after my dad retired so they were here for over 30 years and then um just recently moved back to Mexico you know take care of like my grandparents and um yeah they just rebuilt a little house in a tiny little farm town um just like 10 minutes away from the town where they grew up where they met where they got married so yeah they're back there they I think they've been there back for five years and my dad kind of went back to realize his dream of becoming a farmer like all his family have always done and um, so he has a corn farm he grows beans he grows all kinds of stuff this is such a great story Alice oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and these they they love to come back and visit obviously because all their kids and, and grandkids are are here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're back there for now. Um, you know, they're they're U.S. citizens now, so they they go back and forth. Oh, great! Yeah, it's so wonderful that they went back to take care of their parents, and now they are in Mexico. Wow! It's like I have always wanted to go back to the mountains. <laughs> 
and live in the forest too so do you ever get to visit i do i go home once every year but i really want to go back like relearn my language and learn how to weave and yeah just live my indigenous best life (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah i you know like i said i was i was born here in the united states and grew up here you know, so this is what's kind of, you know, my reality, but even just like, because I've, I've visited my parents, you know, a couple of times in the years since they've moved back. And, you know, just even going back to that land, you know, where my ancestors have mm-hmm. been, where my, you know, my parents were born, my grandparents were born, my great grandparents were born. It's just like some, like, it's like a remembrance that comes over mm-hmm. your whole body. Like you just remember. I feel like borders are imaginary anyways. So it's like, yeah. if I was born there, if I was born here, I would be still the same person I would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously not exactly the same person, but you still have the same ancestors. You still have the same roots in your DNA so I feel like when you go back to that land even though I was born in a different land it's like a remembrance that it's Mm. embedded in your DNA that kind of just knows that that's the roots of where you come from and I I feel that like when I see the landscapes when I like everything about Mm. it just feels like the smells everything about it feels it's just it it feels familiar you know I totally get you like when I go back home I feel like the rivers are calling my name like (laughs) it's like yeah I'm here I'm one with you and I can feel my ancestors Mm. in the needs everywhere around me I forgot to ask you how are you coping with the current crisis because it's a lot happening too much has been happening how are you taking care of yourself um I feel like the thing that keeps me the most um, like grounded and like feeling safe is being with my family. My partner um, has been out of work um, for months now because of the pandemic. So just like having him here and like having, you know, we can cook meals together every day. So just having that time again, you know, and to be in the garden where we have a lot of vegetables and, and things that we grow so we spend time outside also I think just staying connected with friends even though like it's just through text and and um, things like that or phone calls I think just like having that connection still is really important to me I try to rest a lot too I try <laughs> you know it's hard when you're a mom and when you feel like there's a lot of things that you could be doing or something I'm working on you know is not feeling mm-hmm. like there's always something I need to be doing or like I, you know I'm not doing enough I think is a is something Something that I've I've been working on a lot is like that feeling of like I'm never doing mm. enough. Um, so I try to rest a lot. I read sometimes. Sometimes I'm watching videos or a show that just takes you away for a little while. You know, I, I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of people don't do anything in the past time that might not feel productive. Um, but I think it's important to do that. Like you know, you know, our productivity is not shouldn't be our identity. And so just taking the time to just be like you know daydream, look out the window if you want. You know, watch the trees. You know, move. And mm-hmm. I think that's really good for us because it's like there's so much simulation all the time letting yourself just like I said daydream I think for me is one thing that I like to do a lot you know just be in my own thoughts Mm. and that's that's really important for me and just having quiet time Mm. great yeah everything that you said is so important for self-care and especially I think the part about productivity we often don't think that these things like you know self-care is productive but it is like it may not be in the most commercial sense because it's not going to give us like monetary returns immediately but in the long run you know better mental state and physical state Mm -hmm. by just doing these tiny self-care acts and then we are in a better place to make uh, works that will help us pay monies for rents and other things i think they are so important 
daydreaming too that is very relatable it's like it's a great place to great space for self-care daydreaming yeah i mean you have to you know it doesn't have to look a certain way i know like that like you were saying even that's gotten a little bit like commercialized or you know some people say gentrified like the whole self-care thing like it has to look a certain way um like very glamorous or luxurious but it really doesn't like i mean as long as you're taking space for yourself i think is what it comes down to is like taking space for yourself um, yeah, I think that's something. Yes, I totally, absolutely agree. <laughs> really, I do. Okay, let me ask you about your journey in the university. How was it? I went to um, Cal State Fullerton, which is in California. I went there for a couple years. It didn't go very well, <laughs> actually. Um, I was a fine student, but I think at that time in my life, it was just really difficult. Well, I had been having panic attacks mm-hmm. when I was like in elementary school. I don't remember exactly what age, but I was very little. And at the time, we didn't have the language for that. My parents didn't understand what was going on. It was just like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Paramedics would come and they would give me a little you know, paper bag to breathe into. And as soon as it regulated my breath, like they were like, oh, she's fine. And they would leave but like my parents English not being their first language I feel like maybe they didn't ask a lot of questions or yeah they just didn't understand what was going on and I didn't either mm-hmm. so it wasn't until I got older I want to say around you know the time that I went to college it got so much worse I mean the anxiety you know I, of course being away from home and being at university you know and all that it, the, the stress I think from all that just my anxiety and panic attacks got so much worse that I ended up kind of just researching on my own, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Um, and then that's when I came across the word anxiety and panic attack and you know anxiety attack. And that's how I figured mm-hmm. out what it was. That really affected my performance in school. I didn't do very well. Well, I went to study journalism mm-hmm. because I've always loved to write and I, I would write poetry and essays. And it does, writing has just always been what I love to do. So I thought, okay, journalism will be a good thing for me. And so I started taking journalism classes, but I really quickly realized that it was not what I wanted. You know, they were teaching us how to write news stories and, you know, the whole uh, thing they say about if it bleeds, it leaves. So like the most violent kind of things, you know, are what catches people's attention. So I really knew that Mm -hmm. that's not what I wanted to do. So I, yeah, it just didn't work out. I went back home. I was 20 years old. You know, I got married really, really young. Yeah. So then I, yeah, I got married. I had my older son Damien when I was almost 22. I was a couple weeks from being 22. And then I was just being a stay-at-home mom, but always still writing. And I started a blog because of that, because I was just, you know, staying at home with the kids and I needed, you know, my own creative outlet, basically somewhere Mm. to express myself. So I started a blog. It's still somewhere out there in the internet. (laughs) If you want to look it up, Mm. it's called Cosmic Collage. It was just a a combination of a lot of the things that I love, which you can see also in Life is Ceremony, which is art an artist like I just have so much respect for artists and you know I would inter- I would reach out to artists that I really love or like creative people and I would say can I interview you and I would in- interview them for the blog and I did that for a couple of years and then kind of that is what morphed into mm, like ceremony great so it was only after you became a mom and you're at home that you yeah started yeah. pursuing this life it's great did you know what you would be living a life like this? Like, <laughs> you would have... Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's... Not at all. Yeah, you have, like, so much attention and people from everywhere and connections and this growing community. How does that feel? <laughs> um, 
I, I mean, it feels good to be in community. But I mean, when you say it like that, it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> um, I just, I guess I just don't think about it like that too much. You know, I, I have other ideas that come into my head and I have to like pace myself. And like right now I have another secret project that I'm working on um, that has been an idea that I've had for a while. And, you know, I, like I did before, you know, I talked to friends mm -hmm. about it first, build off of there, but I take my time, you know, it, it'll come when mm -hmm. it's ready is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it's so great to see like this organic growth that mm -hmm. you have uh, walked towards and achieved because it's not something that we see with someone who does not have a degree in graphic design or art and yeah, and you've done all by yourself and <laughs> you've just created this such a healthy, <laughs> nice environment for everyone to come and share and the reason that's so great is also because you don't have these professional mm -hmm. hang-ups about it your emails felt like it is coming from a real person who likes your work was just so wonderful and nice and oh good yeah <laughs> i like to believe that i am so that's a good thing to hear <laughs> um yeah i you know that's that's another part that's really important to me is just being like able to connect to each person who is contributing because i i am super grateful for the time that they are giving to me and to um, their work that they're contributing, I want them to feel that that you know that they're important, that that their contribution is being heard, that it's important to be heard. So I want to make sure that I connect with every single person that is that is being a part of this, that's co-creating it with with us. That's definitely an important part to me, and mm -hmm. I can show them my human side. And if I'm going through things, I will let you you know, and that way you feel safe to do the same with me. Mm. Yeah comes through in your emails same with your instagram posts as well like it's just really really warm. <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> no seriously you're so good at it you're good at writing and then also it's not like it's so fresh because it's not from a university kind of like this language and the tone oh, thank you <laughs> yeah yeah, I think, um, you know, it's like this conversation is really important for people to hear because like, you know, when I'm talking to my friends, you know, I, when I'm telling them about like my insecurities about what I do or, you know, the things that I'm not so sure that I'm doing well, like this, this is exactly what it is. I feel like, you know, I tell them, I tell my friends, you know, I feel like, you know, it's my writing isn't um, like it's too basic, like it's not, you know, coming across, you know, like other writers who are actually writers, like, you know, there's a certain way that it needs to sound or, or feel like I feel like I don't have that, you know, and so to hear that that is actually what, at least for you, what you, know, you feel like you like about it is, you know, really encouraging for me. So thank you for sharing. That. Oh, yeah, that's what makes it so great. Like your writing is not like anything else. Like it's just so genuine and so heartfelt and warm. And it feels like it's coming from a place where you have put thought. And it's basic. It, that's that's really great because it means that anyone who's reading can understand and can reflect. And we don't give enough credit to social media for creating culture. Like we often forget that this is responsible for creating culture right now, like the social media space. Everyone from anywhere in the world who has internet mm -hmm. and a screen is on social media. And like to have things 
around community and art and aesthetic like you know it's not like these things aren't there on social media but then mm-hmm. it is so inaccessible just like the way it is put together it feels sometimes like it is deliberate it's not really helping anyone yeah and i definitely you so, know like in there's there's so many ones intelligent people who you know really can um you know like you said in an academic um way um kind of go into issues and and I really respect that and look up to that and I you know I learn from them um but at the same time I think there's kind of like this fine line where people start kind of picking up that terminology and kind of using it you know it's like it's like they want to take over the terminology but maybe don't have the understanding like they don't have the understanding so much behind it so like I don't want to just throw in terminology that's popular right now because you know if if I don't truly understand it like I don't want to use it in a way that's not correct that's more harmful than it is to mm. be helpful you know so I'm just going to speak from my voice yeah. from my experience from what I know I'm I'm not going to like you know just throw in all these words because I feel like that's what you know people want to hear mm. Yeah, that is so important. I feel like with a lot of academic writing and also like writing in art, sadly, it has also reached the independent publishing scene and the zine culture too, that everything is like so wordy and saturated with huge words and jargons. And it's even on Instagram. It's please, I don't want to get a sociology lesson on Instagram. <laughs> And, like, I think it deters Mm. people from, like, joining communities and, like, envisioning change more than bringing people together. So, yeah, that's, like... (laughs) Yeah, that's really true. Like, I feel like you feel excluded if you don't understand, like, all the terminology and all the concepts and, you know, all the, like, maybe you feel like you don't belong in that space because you don't, you know, you don't quite, you know, grasp it yet, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but like also what you said about your own experience and writing from personal experience is so great. It's again something that has been taken away from our people for a really long time now. For as long as we know research or writing of any kind, it's always been that historically oppressed people are written about. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just you saying that, like, it just, you know, kind of reiterating exactly what the, well, one of the main reasons for Life is Ceremony is for people to tell their own stories in their own voice, you know, um, to talk to each other about these mm-hmm. issues and their experiences, you know, without having somebody else tell it for them. Mm. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Do you have advice for young indigenous native women who are aspiring yeah. to uh, make publications or like young aspiring native women writers? I would say to use your voice, get out of your own way to be able to speak with your true voice without worrying so much about what you feel other people mm-hmm. want to hear if you get stuck in that space of you know wondering what what is it that they want what what do they what would they like mm-hmm. um what will they want to read um you'll just keep stopping yourself you know you have to just speak from where you are and and then let it reach whoever it's going to reach yeah 
That is so important, especially for women like us, because they will never want to see our work. You know, the intent has always been that we never make any work because we don't have mm-hmm. a market for it. Such a good reminder. Also for me sometimes, because I, I keep mm-hmm. on thinking nobody's ever going to want to see this. Yeah, and I mean, that's exactly what I thought when I started Life of Ceremony. You know, I kept saying to myself, like, who am I to start this? Like, why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? or what I want to create. And then obviously, it's over time, it's proven me wrong. So I think that's like we were talking about earlier. It's what you have to say in the way you have to say it that people connect mm. to, not what you think they yeah. want to hear. Um, yeah. We have to speak, irrespective of them wanting to hear or wanting to see our work or wanting us to exist. In spite of what the people want we have to keep on thriving because everyone is conditioned to make the world not favorable for us let's just say (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's so true yeah i mean we have to speak you know even if it's we feel like we're speaking to ourselves because you know if we don't do it then nobody's gonna go out of their way to come find Mm. us you know yeah yeah it's such an important thing for young people especially I think but also for everyone else like also for me I'll go back to this episode to listen to these again (laughs) remind (laughs) yourself (laughs) Uh, do you have any books that you want to suggest to our listeners that are important to you books written by female authors Um, I was thinking about this question for a long time Um, and there's I mean there's so many Um, I mean, I would just say any any poetry books, you know, by women, um, especially if they're self-published, I think um, it's really important to support um, black and brown, indigenous um, people of color that, you know, are kind of self-published their work. And I love that work because it, like we were saying, you know, it's like it really comes from their experience. You hear, you know, a voice that you might not hear, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere else. You know, the only other one that I thought about was um, the, the autobiography of Nina Simone. Um, it's called I Put a Spell on You. Just because she's someone I really, really admire. And just hearing her life in her own words, I think, was even more inspiring to me. Just because besides the fact that she was, you know, a brilliant musician, the whole trajectory of her life and career changed once she kind of mm-hmm. made the decision that she was going to do what she wanted to do um, because that's what was right. That's what she felt was yeah. right. And it didn't matter what the consequence was, you know. Um, I think that is just something that everyone can learn from. And, yeah, and she had, her, you know, her struggles and challenges like, you know, like we all do, but she yes. still did what she wanted to do in her own way and I, and I just I love that and she didn't apologize for them like she didn't apologize for who she was you know mm. um so yeah she's properly and, amazing yeah. I love her also yeah some of my favorite video of her is you know, she just commands that stage and then you know she mm. she will stop and restart a song until like she is ready because you know someone there's a video in particular I'm thinking about where like someone is like either talking or making sound or something and she says sit down like you know I'm not gonna start until you sit down and I love that you know it's just you know it's yeah. Just, yeah 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 I, I know yeah. which one you're talking about <laughs> yeah she's so amazing <laughs> okay that was a great recommendation is there a charity that you're supporting during this time or you want to give a shout out to? Um, yeah, um, so um, there's one here in Oregon um, called Causa. 
um, which is an immigrant rights organization, supports Latinx immigrants and their families also. So I love um, their work here. Um, and then also um, the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, who helps protect the human rights of black transgender people, I think is um, another really, really important one. Yeah, I think just, uh, those. Mm. Yeah, great. Um, this is the last question. How can one be a sister supporter? Um, I think listening is always really important. Um, taking the time to listen to you know other women and femmes, um, and you know listen to their dreams, listen to their their work, what they have to say, their stories. Um, just listen to them, mm -hmm. you know, because you will learn so much. You'll mm -hmm. probably you know, learn more empathy. Um, and you you might hear a brilliant idea, you know, that you can mm -hmm. collaborate on. Um, I think just listening is really important. Um, and then also uplifting each other's work. There's space for all of us. And so I think if you just come into that awareness mm -hmm. that, you know, when one person succeeds, it reflects onto you. And then use that, you know, as your inspiration. Yeah, I think if people would just support each other a little bit more, you know, we would all get so much further other than, you know, comparing or tearing each other down or, you know, being um, bitter or jealous of each other. I think just coming together, it just, you, you build um, so much more. Yeah, that that is great advice, especially for, they often say that a woman is another woman's worst enemy because, yeah. <laughs> And like you're just conditioned to feel insecure when there's another woman around mm -hmm. you who is succeeding. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, yeah, that was great advice. Um, before we end, can you tell us where we can follow you and your work? Yeah, so on Instagram, um, life underscore as underscore ceremony. If you just type in life ceremony, you'd probably find it. Um, and then also on our website um, at lifeisceremony.org. Mm. Great. This was such a great chat, Alice. Thank you so much for making time and trusting me with your time and your heartfelt, honest sharing and this conversation. I, I already feel so enriched and I cannot wait to edit it and put it out and share it with everyone thank you thank you for thinking of me and you know um, for being patient with me um, just wanted to make the space for you because I really believe in you and what you're doing and you know if I'm being honest like I've turned down so many podcast interviews because I'm just so scared but you know when you reached out I was like okay I can do this you know <laughs> I can do this and I want to do it so you know it was really um really special for me too yeah i'm so grateful you said yes to me because yeah i have oh, been wanting good. to talk no, to I'm you glad you do you should <laughs> thank you and thank you for your work and everything that you put out it's um yeah i'm so grateful that you put so much of yourself into everything that you do and it really shows and it reflects and i hope it also inspires other makers and oh, doers you. to be more themselves and yeah um oh i wanted to ask you um well i don't remember which um volumes that i sent to you but um i mean i'm hoping that 
sometimes soon I can send you more of them if you're yes of course oh my goodness I would love that yeah <laughs> yeah I just I guess I'm just trying to figure out which ones you have already so I can know which okay, ones great. to send I'll send you the picture of the covers tomorrow because I don't remember the volume numbers okay. and then it also I also want to ask you is there any way because I love your art and I was just wondering I mean I know the shipping is super expensive but is there any way like for you for me to be able to purchase some of your art somewhere oh that's so nice Alice um I don't know how because like shipping like you said is going to be super expensive I just want to send mm -hmm. you some some works like just like that as a token of appreciation for everything that you do but I don't know how to send it to you and especially now because I don't know who's traveling to the U.S. right now but If I know something, mm -hmm. then I'll tell you, or I'll just send you some postcards so that you <laughs> you can have something that I have made. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I just I love your art, and I just wish I could have it here and like be able to share it with more people and just to have it around me. Um, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <Maybe> <laughs> so much for joining us for today's episode of sister radio you just heard a conversation between me akitami and my sister alice baka make sure to give her a follow her social media details will be in the show notes if you'd like to support sister library please make sure to check out our crowdfunder it's also linked in the show notes Sister Radio is supported by Prohibitia India, the Swiss Art Council. Music for Sister Radio is composed by Shasha Patel. I hope you are all taking good care of yourselves. I'll come back with a new episode in the full moon. Until then, take care and keep celebrating women. Bye. Thank you.